Do you want to know how a film crew of misfits have made four moderately successful feature films for no money? Want to know how they shot the fourth one in nine days straight? Pick up Red Cow Entertainment's first book, More Weight, The Making of Having Fun Up There and Other Filmmaking Tales, by me, Frankie Freen. Available on paperback, hardcover, PDF, and audiobook. Includes asides and appendices from other filmmakers and beautiful production stills. This 287-pager contains funny anecdotes, do's and do-nots, technical step-by-steps, screenwriting, producing, and cinematography tutorials, and film festival and distribution advice. Go to redcowentertainment.com slash store. Also available on lulu.com, amazon.com, and audible.com. Read it. You'll like it. Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made four low-budget feature films of varying success, and I've been to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length films on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Welcome back to Discount Film School. Uh, for years, I've been making movies, and people have been telling me, you should be uh, in this festival called the Austin Film Festival. There's a city you might have heard of called Austin, Texas. They've got a big, giant film festival, and you'd fit in there. And for years, I, I uh, tried to learn more about it, tried to get in. Um, and it wasn't until I made a movie about musicians that people were like, really, seriously, apply to that festival. <laughs> and... Uh, I lucked out entirely this year, and uh, because of that, I ended up in uh, the biggest festival I've ever attended and screened at, and uh, it was an incredible experience. So so may no experience go wasted. Um, I was able to connect with uh, a couple of the programmers, Liz and Harrison, uh, who I've got on the show today, and uh, we're going to talk about the festival, talk about their background, uh, talk about the kind of the history of this festival, and, and maybe... Uh, maybe learn you something about, about, uh, how to get into these things. So guys, thanks so much for talking to me. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Uh, all right. So let's go back to, uh, are you filmmakers or, or did you get into this business for, for exhibition purposes only? Like what's your, let, let's start with Liz. Uh, what's your background? Okay. So I am a filmmaker. Um, started pretty early on when I was about 12 with a VHS camera, which was really exciting at the time very new technology then. Um, but then, you know, I kind of went on and uh, ended up going to CalArts actually right outside of Los Angeles and started making documentaries. And so I made my first feature documentary. Now it's been two and a half, three years ago um, called Only the Young. And we basically shot that on our own, got the equipment and kind of worked jobs and just made a documentary with just two people. What made you, um, what made you want to do any, any of this in the first place? Um, you know, my dad is also a filmmaker, so I kind of grew up around it. Um, and it was something that I always enjoyed doing, uh, kind of making up these stories and figuring out how I could shoot them. And so from, you know, pretty early on, it was something that I was like very, um, obsessed with. You could say was so, it, and was it documentary filmmaking specifically, or did you also do narrative stuff? Also do narratives, still do narratives as well. Um, documentary is just an interesting kind of filmmaking where I feel like it's exciting. You don't really know what you're going to get, and you can kind of make make something on a low enough budget, but um, and have it be personal and day by day um, build a bigger project. Uh, you know, with a small crew. There's also kind of like a special interest hook as well. It seems like it's maybe maybe you have a little bit of an advantage in getting an audience when you're making a documentary for that reason. 
Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'm kind of a sucker. Like, my my films are never issue documentaries or kind of character portraits. Mm. So, um, you know, that end up kind of leading themselves into some form of issue that they deal with in their lives. But um, that's kind of how I started. And then actually my feature, Only the Young, ended up playing here at Austin Film Festival. And I'm originally from Austin. So it was kind of a really nice homecoming screening because I had been out in L.A. for so long. Um, and then, so when I came back here, it was a, it was a great time and kind of got to know the people who worked here and, um, eventually moved back and got started. So, so yeah. And what's, what's your story, Harrison? Uh, I am not a filmmaker. I actually made films when I was young. I remember I made like Godzilla films when I was like 11 with my friends. <laughs> well, but that's, that. that's the extent I'm actually, I'm a, I'm a big film fan. My dad kind of forced me to like films from a very young age and um you know i would watch things like high noon and the godfather before i was even ready to understand what they meant and i just have that's kind of been my uh gen, you know where i started with with film but i, I consider myself more of an, an organizer uh I, I i i found that i like working towards something where you put a lot of small pieces together to make a a, a big uh thing that people can enjoy and that you can actually witness people enjoying it's 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 a powerful feeling and it's something that uh never gets old uh uh when i was in college i i started a, a music festival it's, it's called cluster fest and it was at southwestern university which is a small liberal arts school and we kind of just put our heads together me and a few of the other, two other people and we uh figured out a way to to bring a larger scale festival to, to a small school uh, and brought people like uh, the rapper Common and Matt and Cam and Slay Bells and No Miguel, the rapper Common. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and that that was just kind of where I found out that that's what I like to do is I like I like um I like seeing my work in front of me in a way where people it's it's kind of like filmmaking if you think about it and I I consider our job a lot like filmmaking too like producing um, where you all the work goes toward one final uh, endpoint where you can actually see. Uh, people enjoy it and it's, it's powerful and it's, it's uh, addicting and I, I love it. So, um, yeah, I started off here as an intern at the, in the conference department and would help, uh, wrangle the panelists for the, for the, you know, our, our annual screenwriters conference, which is one of the uh, main draws of the festival. And, uh, just kind of worked through all that stuff. And, uh, when the position opened up, I, I sprang at it and, um, I'm really happy to be here. Can you talk a little bit, a little bit about, uh, you were mentioning that you kind of started in like grassroots festivals or grassroots screenings or college based screenings. I love that. Mm. I love that idea of like being fueled by, you know, saying like, Hey gang, let's put on a show. Uh, you know, it, it, trying to identify talent in an area and package it and present it. Uh, can you talk just a little bit more in detail about that? Like what, what, you know, what inspired you to do it in the first place and then how it kind of came together? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, before I started that, they always did this this thing called large act at the school where they would uh, uh, find one really big band and they had like, I don't remember who, but they had bands come in and it was just kind of like this one show that people weren't that excited about. And uh, uh, during that time, I was part of the programming uh, council, which it was just a student organization that put on like weekly shows. So we bring in small comedians or local bands um, and, and through that process, I was noticing first of all, how easy it is to find, to find, uh, to find bands that want to play at schools, uh, like ours and, and how money, like 
you know, the little money we had actually can go a long way if instead of trying to find that one like mega star that no one's going to see anyway, you actually like make it a real event out of it. Yeah. So um, it was just a lot of, I think just for the first few months, it was just, it was just toying with the idea and being like, well, what if, what if we did this instead? Like, what if we got a food truck instead of, instead of getting Kanye or what if we got, what if we, uh, you know, made it eight bands and we can, and then like the more we talked about it, the more realistic it seemed. And so it just kind of, uh, organically, uh, uh grew until, we realized it was something we could totally do and we talked to the university and they were behind it. Um, and then, and just kind of grew from there. So it sounds like you were, you were getting some reward out of showcasing somebody or, or groups of people that wouldn't be showcased otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes both ways. I, I think part of it is, is, is the audience and, and seeing that the audience in, enjoys it. But I think another part is, uh, giving that spotlight to, to people who, who deserve it and who, who need it and who might not have otherwise have gotten it. And that really is, I think probably the, the biggest reward of, of the job here. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Austin. Uh, I'm, I'm from Boston. Um, <laughs> and when people think of uh, like the Boston filmmaking scene, like if they've never been in it, the, you know, they think of like Ben Affleck. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think for Austin, for a lot of us, that's like Robert Rodriguez probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some people, will really like like zero in and spotlight Austin and be like, that's a really great filmmaking town. Uh, and, and some people don't know about it at all and skip right over it and, you know, and go to LA and New York, like anything else. Um, so in that way, I feel kind of a kinship to Austin being, being, yeah. you know, the, in, in the Boston scene. So, uh, uh, Liz, you said you're from Austin, Harrison. It also sounded sounded like you're from Austin as well. Yeah, born and raised. So, t- mm-hmm. so uh, I especially want to hear from the filmmaker about like, um, you know, what opportunities were there in Austin? Who was around to make films with? Uh, is, is there an acting community? Just kind of tell us, tell us about the city. <laughs> yeah, no, Austin actually, it's, uh, it's changed and it's growing a lot the last couple of years in particular. But growing up, there was always a hub here in terms of seeing film, you know, and uh, going to someplace like the Paramount and watching like the summer series and having a complete film history education you know, within a three month period, which is something that's really special. And I think there's um, specifically a hub here around like kind of loving film, um, you know, and recently it's, it's something in terms of being a filmmaker, uh, you know, the Texas Film Commission and a lot of other organizations here in town are actually really helpful for independent filmmakers. Um, when I was in high school, it was kind of a lot of just meeting up with friends like anywhere else and shooting things, but people are pretty forgiving when it comes to you randomly showing up somewhere with a camera, you know, in this town, which (laughs) moving back from LA, it was like, Oh man, like, you know, this is people, people kind of love this here. It's not like LA where it's like so oversaturated and everyone's doing the same thing. It's kind of a special thing that, I think much like the the music scene, like it's kind of encouraged from a grassroots kind of foundation. Um, so now we have a lot of really great like film series throughout the year. We can kind of, you know, learn, um, you know, have your own little film school, if you would, mm-hmm. you know, here in town, just going to different events, which I always forget, too, is really special. Um, but it's it is a close knit group. Like you will see a lot of the same people. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool to see like, oh, well, this person shot here in town and now they're playing Sundance or, you know, it's, it's definitely like a pretty level playing field. I feel like for independent filmmakers. Yeah. There's a, there's a term going around called, uh, the third coast, which yeah. we hear a lot because everyone's talking about 
the new place now that LA and New York are, are saturated and maybe sometimes people have complaints about some of those that Austin's kind of the, the third one on the list it seems I know Movie Maker Magazine just called Austin the number one city to be a, a movie maker yeah and there's you can see it's actually I, I think it's a lot like the music here too like you don't there's not a whole lot of superstars that are from Austin music wise mm-hmm. or film wise but there's a lot of people that are really well respected and a really strong community in both so you know we have our our Rodriguez's and our link letters but we have a whole mm-hmm. lot more that are really that are you know also talented and uh, and supported by Austin and, and, are, and are making their own path why do you why did movie makers cite it as as the the best place to make films um, you know, I think just because of the hub that is here, um, and how much is actually filming here, like we have a bunch of different, like an old airport hangar that's com- been completely converted into a studio to studio spaces for bigger films to shoot, um, and, and independent films to shoot as well. So there's just a lot of little up and coming parts of town that are specifically kind of geared towards the industry. There was a while where like people were getting kind of jazzed about Boston building, studios where where more union shoots could come and stuff like that and and that's great because it means that that people that actually want to have a career in that industry can get involved but for me as a guy who who kind of like just takes a camera on the weekends and makes it happen what mm-hmm. what what's important to me is community and are is there interest uh are locations in the area going to be receptive to you shooting mm-hmm. there Mm-hmm. Um, are there places to screen, uh, is the community generally supportive and, and are there actors too, is, you know, is a really big piece of it. Yeah. So. You know, Austin, I mean, it's great in terms of, uh, performers, we have a lot of them, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just from the kind of underground improv scene that we have, that's, that's, um, growing here. It's really, I feel like, um, you have a really good chance of finding some great, great local talent that's. Uh, kind of untapped, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course there's the, f- for those of us from out of town, the Alamo draft house is like, Oh, we got to go there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That's the coolest. Yeah. It, it is. It is. Um, yeah. So, so let's lead up to the festival itself then. Um, is that where you guys meet is on, on this festival or before that or what? Where we met? Yeah. Um, so we, <laughs> we first met at, uh, a, a, a meeting, which was actually a lovely brunch where we were told that we were going to be working together. <laughs> it wasn't much of a, like an interview um, or like There was no like, uh, you guys should go out into the forest and see if you make it out alive together <laughs> and then we'll go from here. But, um, but no, I mean, fortunately the people above us had our best interests in mind and somehow knew that we would uh, be able to make it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we both started kind of walked into this a little bit blind. Um, we started at the same time and kind of had the same learning curve. So, um, Jemine's really slow, but fortunately Harrison's is faster. (laughs) Just kidding. But, um, but yeah, so we kind of started from there and began building our little world over here. So, it's probably important for people that aren't familiar with the festival to know that it's it's more than just a screening series. It's also uh, a series of seminars and roundtable discussions and parties and uh, 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 speaking engagements. Um, the way it struck me, because uh, I've, I've, I've screened at my share of festivals at this point, but a lot of them are kind of maybe four or five days. Yeah, there's maybe a speaking engagement or two, but it's mostly screenings and an after party. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of it. Um, 
but you guys, you know, one, one of the things that happens when you get into a festival is you get a free badge if you're a filmmaker. And, uh, uh, yeah, they were, Austin was like, uh, this is a, you know, a $700 value or something like that. And I was like, damn, $700 to go to this thing. What the hell's going to be there? Uh, <laughs> and, and what I realized was that once I got there and once I saw all of these, especially there's, there's one concentrated weekend of conferences or the whole thing is a big conference, but it's a, a weekend of seminars and speaking engagements that if you were just deciding and you were, you were anywhere near Austin at all, and you were just deciding you wanted to get into filmmaking, you could spend that seven hundred dollars and 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 spend a, a really great week getting a crash course in filmmaking. It could be kind of a week long film school to some people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that's what, in terms of opportunities and why we really love being able to program for this festival in particular is that that it's like kind of a gift in itself to be like, look, come you know come here and be inspired to make your next film because it's hard enough to get the first one finished and. This is one of those things where it's so special and you can't really you can't really uh, convey it until you come and you see all these people. There's so much energy, you know, uh, um, an amazing panelists speaking. So, yeah, that's what that's what I think is so cool about this, this festival. Is I think I've found in a lot of festivals. Most other festivals, I think, are geared more towards fans than to filmmakers, which is which is good in its own right. But I think uh, the cool thing about ours is there's this the line between Hollywood and regular people or whatever you want to call it doesn't exist yeah. and so it doesn't seem like some insurmountable task to become a filmmaker or to get your work sold or to get that first distribution deal or whatever it is it seems like a thing that can happen because you're talking to someone who just made it happen at the, at the bar or at a party mm-hmm. um, and it makes it very real it makes it very uh possible and i think it's it's really inspiring probably no better evidence than the fact that my film played at this festival yeah, and I'm I'm Joe Jerkoff with with a movie that <laughs> he, made, he made in nine days. Um, what were this year? What were kind of the most exciting uh, uh, speakers and uh, and events that you guys uh, that there was a lot of work to put together, but you were really happy came together? Well, I know uh, we were really excited to get Matthew Weiner, who's the creator of Mad Men, to come. And he actually so he did a few. Uh, conversations and, and screenings, and he actually did a screening of two of his favorite Twilight Zone episodes, oh, which wow. is one of my favorite shows, and it's something you wouldn't necessarily expect until you actually watch the episodes uh, okay. he screened. So one was uh, It's a Good Life with like the little kid that can turn a guy into a jack-in-the-box, and then another one called uh, Last Stop at Willoughby, which is about like that uh, kind of exhausted business worker who dreams of some mythical stop on, the, on this old subway and when you watch him like oh my god i can totally see how a show like Mad Men is influenced by mm-hmm. something you wouldn't necessarily expect like a anthological sci-fi show from the 50s um so that was really cool yeah um, carrie fukunaga of true, true detective it was pretty amazing to see him and you know just incredible he has such a great body of work and things like that we also had well uh we had you know uh jim sheridan who did uh, in the name of the father and oh, in america yeah Ed Zwick, Ed Zwick, who did Glory, and he did Last Samurai, and uh, lots of films. Uh, and but, I mean, it's and that's that's cool. It's cool to see that see the big people, mm-hmm. uh, or the people that are, that have you know made the the big films. But it's also exciting to see people who uh, you know maybe just just got their first film, or who are who are working on. You know, we had uh, Justin Marks, who who is a really amazing speaker and writer, who really hasn't um, had a lot yet, but he he just got the he's he's been working on the new jungle book adaptation, which is coming out. And so he's someone that 
um, is able to talk to people that are right there, right where he used to be yeah. or where he still is. And a lot of times, and, and um, it's cool to see people, uh, you know, kind of climb the ranks and, and, and find their foothold in, a, in an industry that sometimes seems like you can't do that. So how many, how many movies did you guys watch this year because of the 2014 Eight? festival? Yeah. One. Did we watch personally or that we got that, that were submitted to us? Well, let's do both. Those are both interesting questions. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we... total we got, I believe the number was 3,489. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, and so we, we have a team of upwards of about 80 screeners who are filmmakers and film students and, um, uh, you know, other film enthusiasts and people that, that, you know, we know and trust, yeah. trust to, to, to watch those. And every film's watched twice by either us or by those screeners mm-hmm. and it's whittled down and we watch them along with everyone else and continue to watch the ones that get the yeses. Yeah. So, um, I don't even know how many we individually watched. I mean, it must've been, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of them are shorts, yeah. but uh, I'm, it must've been about 500, yeah, 600, something so. like that. It was it was a lot. It was It was an education in itself. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's something... a, so, so it's a it's a short feature mix festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's do you have like uh pre pre-planned notions of like we would like this many features, this many shorts, or is it really just about the runtimes of the films that you like and trying to figure out how to program that? Well, and when it comes to the features, we have kind of a number that we'd like to get um, for each category so that we have kind of a goal, what we're looking for. That said, you know, it may vary, especially with new categories like our Comedy Vanguard category specifically and Dark Matters. Um, So those are still like we're kind of figuring out what the what the right number of those would be to accept. And I mean, it's all about what we really get in. Yeah, for shorts, yeah. it is more about runtime, though. I mean, shorts, it really comes down to being able to build a program, you know, and if a movie's 30 minutes long, obviously it's going to be harder to fit into one cohesive. Yeah. That's three movies we can't take otherwise. Right, you right, know, right. So you'd almost prefer to get more submissions that are shorter and better. Is yes. that, you'd think, yeah. At the end of the day, we want, at the end of the day, we want, the best films and the best stories, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's easier to, to program films that are, you know, 15 minutes or less. Well, and generally, you know, I mean, it's, you can tell when things are thoughtfully made in the editing, um, in terms of short films, because it's really something that maybe is 20 minutes. That would have been a really strong 12 minute film, Mm -hmm. you know, and the same goes for features. Like it's just, it's something where you can really, like for us, it's something we were talking about this today in terms of people submitting their films before they're ready. It would be way better for them to wait and send us a cut that it really is the length that they or or the speed and pacing and everything that it needs to be than to rush and send us something that isn't there yet. Because yeah. we do, can't really do anything, you know, do, do they do the works in progress come with like a caveat that says like, hey, this is a work in progress or can you just sort of tell or and why do they do that? Is it to just to make the deadline for that year? Yeah, I mean, I that's what I think. I think it must be just to make the deadline. But usually sometimes there'll be a title card that'll come up that'll say work in progress. But regardless, you know, we'll accept if you need to do sound color mixing correction. and color, color correction. correction but really if it's something that's integral to the story and you know it doesn't 
it's hard for us to separate that out because we are watching it against everything else. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we technically we say no works in progress, and we'll we'll allow some things, but but yeah, uh, uh, we're gonna judge it like it is a finished product, and and unfinished products aren't gonna look as good next to the other ones we get in that are that are done. Yeah, I mean that said, it's it's also like you can just tell with certain films if they're at their core, they're really strong and they're they're you know fixing up audio problems but yeah so that's basically it i mean i'll level i'll level with you like come oscar season every year when i really cram on a lot of movies like even watching like seven or eight really great movies in a row is exhausting and yeah. I, I i start to hate movies even when they're all great you know cause just because i want to go do something else like mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine watching 500 mixed bag of movies and and keeping my head straight and then expecting to do it again the following year so like how do you oh, is it medication yeah, just... you know what is it <laughs> well we're we're sponsored by Stella. Um, yeah right <laughs> no but i mean it really is something where like i think harrison and i uh, as this was our first year i'm gonna speak for you real quickly um you know seeing things come full circle and like finally getting to meet the filmmakers like yourself and, you know, like kind of seeing the begin to end process. It's, it's, it is kind of exhilarating and it's finally like, I can do this again because at the end of the day, I mean, we had a great time and yeah. everyone was, you know, I mean, we learned so much in it by ourselves, but like just kind of like in, in these relationships, it ends up really being yeah. worthwhile. I'm going to be honest. There was about two months after our last film that I wouldn't watch a movie. Oh yeah. No, we went like and watched. It was, mm -hmm. it was exhausting. And there were, there were periods there that were really hard, but every time you put in a film, cause I mean the, the cool thing about this is, you know, nothing about the film. I usually don't like reading cover letters or do the synopses until after I see the films, they want it to speak for itself. Mm -hmm. So if there's something exciting about just seeing the title of a film, putting it in and finding something that no one's seen before. That's really exciting, which is, you know, how we felt about, about your film, Frankie, I think is a really, uh, you know, great story. And, and, and just one of those films that totally fits what we're looking for in terms of yeah. you know, it's small and, and low budget, but tells a really great story in a, in a, in a really interesting way. And that a very with you. It's like a very authentic world. Super authentic. And that's kind of what we look for in terms of like what, what we watch and the next day when we see each other at work, it's like, do we have something to talk about? And like, mm. you know, and with things that we're really excited about, it's really easy. You yeah. know, once we finally get to that place, yes, there's a lot of dog shit in between, <laughs> but you know, you just have to, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. We just opened submissions yesterday. Yeah. So we just got our first few submissions in and we're just like, Oh my God, this is starting again. Here we go. again. But yeah. It's, it's both, it's both good and bad. And I, I, I still love it. Mm hmm. Uh, well, thanks for saying that about my, my movie. That's really sweet. Um, one thing I always ask, I've had a few programmers on the festival, uh, on the, uh, on the festival, on the, uh, on the podcast. And, um, <laughs> I often ask you know, a lot of the uh, different programmers have different guidelines or, or kind of like, uh, policies for themselves about how much of a bad film they're willing to watch before saying it's not going to work for the festival or it's not going to work for our audience. <laughs> Some people say 15 minutes. Uh, some people power through to the very end, no matter what. I don't know how those people do it. Uh, do you guys do you guys follow guidelines like that? We do. Uh -huh. the The rule is forty minutes, and we we wow. stick to it. Wow. Uh, yeah. That being said, um, there are I have rarely found a film that I've lost interest in fifteen minutes in, 
I will find my interest again in 40 minutes. Absolutely not. So you maybe this, maybe this is the year of 15 minutes. No, yeah. <laughs> who knows what this year's going to bring. Um, no, I mean, it is it's something, uh, man, as a filmmaker myself, everyone always told me in film school, like, you have to make the first 10 minutes, like, great, and, like, just hook yeah. you and grab you. And I was like, sure, they'll watch it because it's mine, and I'm <laughs> the best filmmaker. You know, like, there's this kind of weird form of thinking that it's like, well, yeah, sure, I'm sure some people don't watch it. But it really is true. It's like, man, you are – and at a certain point, it makes me angry when filmmakers are wasting your time and aren't thoughtfully editing because it's like, well, like, you know, you're just sending this out, and it's something that you could have actually really, really thought about, yeah. um, you know. And so in that kind of respect, it is something where I'm like, wow, like, you really do have to think about these yeah. things. Like the birthday party scene, that kind of hooks you in right away. Mm-hmm. Hopefully and, you hopefully you get the character right then and there, and you're intrigued by him. You want to see, you know, what he does at nighttime, what he does in the daytime. You yeah. know, who is this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I often, I, I've, I've also asked programmers, you know, what are the, what are the, really the things that disqualify and qualify movies? And, and what I always hear is, um, number one, number, number, number one is good acting. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think we're, we're a writer's festival and I think what comes first and what we are, we, we have been trained and, and uh, hammered into our heads from, the, from day one is what is the script like? Is this a story? Is this a world that feels authentic? That being said, acting is very much storytelling. And authentic. And, and it's authenticity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so uh, acting's kind of that thing that if it's if it's bad enough, it's all, it's kind of, it's like sound too, bad sound. You, mm-hmm. you, the, the the fourth wall just kind of shows up. Yeah. <laughs> and the audience Sorry, is like, crap, yeah. I'm watching a movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, we, we received a couple of interesting things. Um, we received, for some reason, uh, a bunch of, what was it, um, sponge bath shorts. They kept um, it coming up, yeah. Mime movies. Mimes were, big, mime. mimes were so in in 2014. Oh, man. <laughs> what? I see another goddamn mime movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something where we were like, guess what I got? <laughs> like five mime shorts. Um... <laughs> But no, I mean that that doesn't necessarily disqualify it. Could be a great mind movie. Sure. We just saw a lot of weird <laughs> ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say the authenticity of the story told, you know, is yeah. like the main thing that we're looking for. And you can tell too with people that don't really know what the core of their story is right away. And I think that got, does come through in the acting. So yeah. to a full circle here through mind movies and everything else. And as you, as you were saying, Liz, I mean, the, you know, having, having, uh, your audience in mind and caring about their time and, and their time being valuable to you. I mean, those are often the, also the lessons of a good editor. And, yeah. um, and I, I've, I've found over, you know, I've been making movies now for about 15 years and I've have found that the best thing for my editing, because I also edit my own stuff. I direct and I edit, uh, I, I can totally give, like, I didn't write having fun up there. Jeff did. And I can totally give up the writing as long as I'm still editing. It's, you know, I can't, I can't give birth to a baby and then not bring it home and mother it, you know, yeah. like that, that, that's what it is for me. But what, I, what has really helped my editing a lot is doing things like podcasts and mm-hmm. like, um, video blogs and just like little stuff, like, just like kind of like, like firing out little bits of content and then 
uh, you know, like little cell phone videos I make of, you know, just funny stuff or whatever. And, and, and trying to go home and make a little story out of it. Little editing exercises, basically, where, uh, you know, if, 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 for instance, three of us are talking for an hour, what, how do I distill that into a, a good flowing narrative? Especially audio, too. Uh, you know, getting, get, taking the picture away from it and just trying to take uh, an audio conversation and edit that into a story, I, I found really helps me. So, editing exercises, uh, you know, you yeah. don't, ha- it doesn't always have to be your big movie where you're getting all your editing practice, if that makes any right. sense. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Let, going back to runtime, uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm looking to dispel a debate that I constantly find myself in. Uh, one way or another, which is people see our runtime on our movie, which is technically a feature. Uh, we our, our runtime came in at 65, which is awkward, awkwardly short. Um, mm-hmm. And they it, it, actually it was even at the Austin Q&A's. We got this question a number of times of like, has that um, has that hurt you or has that made things challenging for you? And the answer so far has been no, not at all. I haven't heard anybody tell me like, ah, we would have loved it, but 65, come on, grow up. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So how do, as programmers, people who have to fit all this shit into a calendar, uh, mm-hmm. what is something like a 65 minute feature? Does it hurt you? Does it help you? Has, you know, what does that runtime strike you as? It doesn't, it does not hurt you. Um, you know, uh, my film only the young was only 68 minutes long. Um, and with credits like 72. So, I mean, I kind of dealt with the same thing and really honestly, it's like, it's much better for the film to be shorter and be as strong as it needs to be and get out early than have people be wondering. And for us as programmers, we think Mm -hmm. about the same thing as like, this is something lag. That would be way worse. A lot of times we'll try to program a short, you know, if we need to on the front of a front of a short, shorter feature. But, you know, it's not, I never see, you know, if we see a movie that's two hours long, that's more like, well, this better be like really, really good. (laughs) So, I mean, there's two sides to this, but it's definitely, I think it's definitely better to err on being well edited and yeah. have content that yeah. works. You can always make the program longer. You can add a short. And if not, then you can make the next showings time a little bit earlier. Like that's, it doesn't, it's never really hurt us or cause any trouble. It's going to cause, it sounds like it's going to cause more trouble if you run overtime than if you run under time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, we have something that's two and a half hours long. Like where are we going to fit this? It's like all our retrospectives, which were brave heart and things like that. It was like, well, <laughs> there goes the yeah. whole venue. All these writers night. wanted to like present their three hour films. Yeah, like, and so well, we're like, well, we're the whole, the whole venue is gone for the whole night because we have neither Randall Wallace wants to present Braveheart, which mm-hmm. is cool that he did that, but. Uh, hardware programmers. Yeah. I told one of your audiences, uh, I said, mark my words. I, I think that, uh, as streaming video very quickly, if it's not already there becomes the primary way that people watch content. I think that shorter run times are actually going to become more acceptable. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I, th- I think that people are getting really worn out on, on two plus hour run times. Uh, mm-hmm. they, 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 they want to, especially, especially in a world where there's so much content to consume within a week. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's not as it's not as spaced out. We want to consume more. We want to see more. We want to be exposed to more. And uh, uh, I think people are op- you're going to find I think Netflix will find in their metrics that people are opting for movies because they have shorter run times. And uh, right, right. I don't think it's something to be scared of, honestly. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I, I think there is such a thing as an hour long story. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we've seen lots of good things that are an hour. 
So what what makes Austin? Uh, you you brand yourself, promote yourself, and in in a lot of ways exhibit yourselves as the writers' festival. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that have a history to it, and how do you keep that history alive? Yeah, so even before we had films, we were the writers' conference. Before we were Austin Film Festival, we were the Heart of Film Festival because the idea was, or the Heart of Film Conference because the idea was that screenwriting and the script is the heart of the film. Mm-hmm. And the celebrities at our festival, I mean, we, you know, we'll bring in John Stewart or or you know, other celebrities, but the main celebrities at our festival are the ones that are, aren't celebrities anywhere else. Like John August will be walking past the Driscoll and people will flock him because that's the one place in the world where, where the writers are the centerpiece and they're the celebrities and they're the ones that people uh, uh, want to hear from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and that, that uh, comes through in all aspects of the festival because we have a screenplay competition as well. I mean, it's one of the biggest in the world and we have, I think it was like 7,500 screenplay yeah. Uh, submitted and you guys and every- you guys don't read you guys just do film programming that's somebody else to read yes. all that stuff yeah, yeah. thank god <laughs> I, I actually when i was when i was uh, in the commerce department i would i would uh, take some scripts home and help out which was a which is a cool thing to do too and it's also um, unbelievably uh helpful and just you don't know how much you would learn this by reading you know 50 scripts you'll learn so much about writing and about things to avoid and things to to copy whether they're good or bad you learn a lot yeah absolutely yeah Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I I had a guest on not too long ago that said that it it, it you know, he's 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 a writer and it never occurred to him uh and it doesn't occur to a lot of people to sit down and read scripts. Um mm-hmm. that, and and even a lot of screenwriting classes don't really require a lot of script reading, which is bizarre when you consider that yeah. like you know uh creative creative storytelling classes and creative writing classes you always are doing reading, but uh uh, and I, my theory for why that is is because we kind of regard scripts as unfinished movies, so they're not mm-hmm. really worth your time because they didn't get because yeah. you, you know you should just watch them in their completed stage or you know something like that. So uh, that's interesting that you know the, being forced to read would make you a, a better writer. You'd learn about screenwriting. Does it also yeah. help you learn about what makes a good script and what makes a bad script and what to look for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like this, I mean, it's kind of similar to the film where they have the thirty-page rule where question is do you know what the conflict of the story is do you know who the characters are do you know what's going on by page 30 if not you probably don't want it and so that's that's like you're, you're counting on the pages you're like oh it's page 27 i don't know who's the main character yet that's a problem um so that's that's one part and then um i mean i i think uh since it's so bare bones and you don't have the acting you don't have the directing you don't have the editing um it's it's a lot harder and a lot more impressive when you can really uh feel for and feel connected to a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's even more powerful and it kind of shows you more about, okay, well, why is it that I like this character that I'm just, just reading words on about? Yeah. And then you have the, uh, the pitch competitions as well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, anyone can sign up for, for, um, a pitch and we have a bunch of celebrity judges and, and, and writers and, uh, uh, executives, and you can just give your pitch for, a film you have and, and the winners go to a, a, a pitch competition finale and a big party. And uh, that's another skill that's super important for any aspiring filmmakers. And, and we do it in a way that, that uh, I think is uh, pretty welcoming and, and, and fun and, and helpful. Cause you know, it's associated with the party and it's associated with people, people who judge the people that, that do it themselves or hear it um, in more formal settings. Uh, and so that's something that people uh, are always on top of and, and look forward to more than anything else. Yeah. Has have there been any examples of anyone that you that you discovered at Austin? And what I don't mean like you you 
you discovered them, but I mean, you became aware of their work at your film festival and then you heard about them, you know, a few years later or a year later or something like that. Has that ever happened? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I mean, we were talking about Carrie Fukunaga who, uh, directed true detective started out submitting a student short to us. Yeah. Yeah. A while, a little bit ago. Now he's like Uh, the top name in TV. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Ray McKinnon who, uh, uh, created rectify and was in Deadwood also submitted a short here before it won the Oscar actually. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason Reitman, Jason Reitman, Mm -hmm. uh, submitted his short here Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, those are the, the big ones and those are the one, those are the ones we tout, but screenwriters and filmmakers find themselves, uh, with careers, even if, even if a film doesn't get distribution, uh, they'll find themselves in, in a writer's room or, or, uh, striking a deal to, to make another film. Right. So yeah, it definitely happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's something we're, we're most proud of here. And we, we, we fight for. One of the things I, I have to compliment you on and really, really praise you guys for, and not just you two, but, but your whole team is, um, when I got the call that I was in this film festival, which was, uh, early September, <clears throat> early September. And mm-hmm. I flew out late October. So it was almost two months of, of communication, uh, incredible communication, responsiveness. Yay. <laughs> you, you cared so much. I felt so cared for. Um, and as I said, I've been, I've been in my share of festivals and I would, I would expect the one that's the biggest, which is yours to be the one that gives the least amount of shit about me. And, and <laughs> you cared the most, uh, the, more than anybody. Um, I mean, every, without exception, every single day, somebody from your team was asking me something. And I didn't, I didn't mind at all. I, I attended one, uh, conference call that you asked us all to join. And, yeah. uh, I remember like some of the other filmmakers on the call to me sounded kind of like almost flippant, like, like, why am I here? What is this? I, I only just found yeah. out. I'm doing it. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Like th- these people are being so nice to us. <laughs> um, yeah. And no, we, we wonder about that call in particular because we're like, well, I feel like we're trying to be helpful. And that was such an awkward thing. Of, anyways, were you on, were you on that call? Yeah. Yeah. We were both there. Can I tell you an amazing story? Yeah. <laughs> When I was, I was on that call, uh, I needed to go out and do something. I was with my wife and I was like, okay, the only thing is like, I need to be back in the car by noon so that I can catch this call. So sorry, you'll just have to kind of sit there while I'll put it on speaker. So it's at least somewhat entertaining for you to listen to. And so I joined the call and I was parked on the street. Uh, in this town over from where I live called Fall River that that's not the nicest place in the world. And right outside, I was trying so hard to be like quiet about it, but right outside my window while you were all talking about dates and you, you should call this person and do that. There was like this horrible domestic violence happening oh. <laughs> like right outside the window. And I was like, I got to call nine one one and I've oh got to, and I've got to get away from it, but oh I can't, ha- but I can't hang up this call. <laughs> so so I was like Nina you have to like uh, uh see if you can contact the authorities and we're trying to like write we're writing messages to each other about what the address is. Oh my god. <laughs> and meanwhile there's there's filmmakers on there that like seem to me to care less about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But no I I, I 
really, uh, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. I, I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'd love to come t- uh, to the festival again. I'm saying it's because it's, it's absolutely true. Uh, you, you don't owe us as much as you gave us. And, and for that, like this will always be an extremely warm memory. Uh, uh, above anything else actually is, is feeling like there were people that put on this festival, cared about the festival and cared about the filmmakers. So for that reason alone, I, I would love for people to inundate you with even more horrible movies, uh, (laughs) and throw, throw their, uh, throw their name in the hat. So thanks for that. Thank yeah, you no, thank you. Is that kind of, I mean, who, who leads that philosophy? Is that just who you all are or is there kind of... Um... I mean, we're just both so neurotic. <laughs> we um, are. Oh. We are, but it, it goes all the way to the top. Yeah. Our, our executive director, Barbara Morgan, is uh, all about that. And uh, uh, if we weren't doing it ourselves, she would yell at us for not doing it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the core of, of who we are as a festival. I think it's easy to being a filmmaker and kind of like wanting to have that you know or at least like a little bit more of like this is what you're gonna do and this is where you're gonna go and instead of just kind of anxiously showing up and feeling unsure which I feel like I did quite a few times so I don't know I think between Harrison and I do we just try to think about like each step of the way like what what people need to know and yeah and god if, if from my perspective if you didn't care about these filmmakers and Weren't, didn't care about that. What what fun is this job? Like yeah. if you're just going through the motions and don't. That'd like be I, pretty brutal. Seems like. But I, I know. Yeah. So so just from my perspective, it seems like the the only thing to do, mm-hmm. and it makes well, it worth it when you get to meet them. I'm sure I'm sure that there's a lot of festival programmers who who do care about filmmakers and they care about filmmaking, but they it, it's so easy to let the logistics distract you. From mm. from from how to how to treat somebody who may be spending two thousand dollars that they don't have to try, right. to try to get an experience that that uh, they may never get again and and to make that experience for them. So um, the fact that you keep that in the forefront of your memories is is so uh, uh, extremely heartwarming. Um, so so now you're you're receiving new f- new films. You're both uh, participating in the festival in the same capacity as last year. Is that the plan? Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> Harrison, would you, after seeing like, you know, after reading all these scripts, watching all these movies, are you have you not caught the filmmaking bug yet? Uh, I mean, I've I've thought about it. I mean, it's it's hard not to when you're you know uh, talking to so many filmmakers and in so many panels and and watching all these things. Um, it's it's a uh, it's not something that's that's never gonna happen. And uh, you know, I, I I'll, I'll write for fun with some friends every now and then and. I'm gonna sucker him into my feature. Okay, I'm gonna help her with the next feature. What are you What are you working on? Um, I'm actually working on a narrative uh, that's gonna I'm gonna shoot here in West Texas. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. Can't talk. Uh, no more. No more details. No more details. I can't <laughs> let this. I can't let this out yet. There'll be a press release tomorrow. <laughs> The J.G. Abrams confidentiality. Yeah, you know, it's just something. No, but I am, I am working on that, and he's being forced to read it anyway. So it's very good. That's great. Stop. (laughs) Stop it. That's terrific. And you, I'm sure you, uh, you'd love to screen at your own festival. I'm sure that'd be a lot of fun. It'll be really fun. I mean, there might be some, some kind of political conflicts conflicts of interest, but. I'd be able to get past that. Do you, have know. you have you guys ever arranged like some festivals will do uh, like kind of like midnight screenings or, or, or after screenings or unofficial screenings? Mm-hmm. Do you guys do anything like mm-hmm. that? Uh, 
I mean, well, we do out of competition films. Yeah. I know um, our our executive director actually produced a film two we, years ago that we, we played. played. And obviously, you don't do anything for competition, but uh, it's just it's you give it the showcase every now and then. But it's something we're very sensitive to, and um, you know, fairness and 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 how we treat a film and how we come across is is super important to us. And our reputation of filmmakers, so yeah. uh, that always comes with a lot of thought before we do something like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny when, like, when I got off the plane, um, there were awesome film festival people like right outside of the gate, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. this, this must be a big deal." And then I would, I went around to like, you know, like all the places that an idiot like me would go, like video game shops and comic book shops and stuff. <laughs> and and uh, I would, you know, I talk to the guy or the gal at the counter and be like, "Yeah, I'm here for the film festival," and a lot of times they were like. Huh? Like it was, it, it yeah. was, it was everywhere in the city, and yet there were sects of the population that were completely unaware of it. And, the, uh, and yeah. I was told that the reason for that was because there is a different kind of creative festival for every niche every single week in Austin. Pretty it's much. crazy. Yeah. There are so many festivals and so many events. Downtown is blocked off pretty much every weekend. It's just a, it's a big festival. Actually, the the city of Austin just made a decree. That says that you can't, there are no more festivals. Like, you can't make any more festivals that will, there are like no more street closures, at least. Like, nothing from the city of Austin's perspective. Like, they're like, unless, unless you already have been created and are grandfathered into this, we won't close off the street or do anything for you for the next two years because there's so much going on in the city. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a lot. So, it must be really hard to, uh, it it sounds like you don't do a lot of the, like, the booking logistics, but it's, that sounds really difficult. Yeah, that's yeah. our executive assistant Lindsay, who uh, yeah. deals with all the the city of Austin stuff, which is and which is a, a job in and of itself, and she's crazy. great at it. Crazy. Well, listen, if if uh, if there are filmmakers listening, which which is certainly the hope, um, they'd be crazy not to try to get into this festival. Um, great festival, incredible uh, uh, programmers and coordinators and marketing people, uh, and and incredible barbecue. And incredible yeah. movie theaters, and the traffic isn't even that bad. <laughs> I, by my standards, man, I mean th- yeah. we, we, no, we, we can't bad. we can't get in bad. and out. Yeah, baby. I was I was I, I was impressed by how how quick I was able to get around, and it was you okay. know granted it was on weekdays, so maybe that was it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. We like to whine about that kind of stuff here in Austin. That's one of our traditions. Well, <laughs> didn't one of you stay in LA for a while? Oh, I was there for six years. Yeah. I mean that—that's impossible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Try to go to the try to go to the post office. It's a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> I live there. That? I live there. Still complaining about it here. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I lived there for six months, and it was—I mean, like ten miles down the street was was more than an hour, way more than an hour. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Especially that Santa Monica area. Um. But uh, I, I, as I've said a thousand times, thanks so much. Uh, I'm glad to have met you. I'm glad to be friends with you. And I uh, can't thank you enough for talking to people about the festival. Uh, if they want more information about the festival, they want to submit or they want to attend, where should they go? AustinFilmFestival.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the answers to all the questions you could ever imagine. I know, I know. Or drop us a line. Give us a – send us an email. Programming at AustinFilmFestival.com. Yeah, there you go. See that they put up or shut up, man. They, they they'll give you their direct cell phone numbers if you if you want them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and people can badges are on sale now, actually. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, they're cheaper than they're going to be ever again until next year. So give us snowflakes, the sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's for yeah. Anyways, 
There's always there's always sales Just going go on. Go to so. the website. I'll stop talking. <laughs> Harrison and Liz, thanks so much. Uh, I hope to see you again sometime. All right. Thanks, thank Frankie. you. Thank you.